Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rock stars. Rockstars Girls Lacrosse. You got that phone number. Did you get that phone number? Rockstars Girls Lacrosse. The Rockstars Girls Lacrosse Show. With hosts Ronnie Davis and Craig Spazman Simmons. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rockstars Girls Lacrosse Podcast with me, Ronnie Davis, and Craig the Spazman Simmons. What's up? Oh, Spaz, long, Let's do it. long weekend this weekend. It always cross. is. It always is, man. I, how uh, much travel, how many miles did you put on this weekend? Oh, I jumped in the, the we got an, actually got an RV to travel to Maryland this weekend. To uh, The RV was to sit in one spot for the entire three days. And that's where all the food was. That's where the air conditioning was. That's where the coaches went to hang out in between games. And it was, let me tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. You got me at food? And air conditioning. Food and air conditioning. And a huge tournament um, this weekend. There was actually a couple tournaments this weekend. Um, the main one, the national tournament, was Lax for the Cure. Over $200,000 was raised for breast cancer at this Nice. Tournament. How many teams? 360. Wow. 360 teams from you know the grade levels of 2027 all the way up until 2020. In one area? One high school. Wow. They How many fields? 14. 14 fields. New Egypt High School in um, in New Jersey. Full-size fields. 14 full-size fields. Wow. And it was a downpour on Thursday night. We're flooding um, warnings in New Jersey. And so it needs to say the fields were in pretty rough shape for the rest of the weekend, which made for a lot of interesting no. games. <laughs> were most of them natural turf? No, all, all of grass them were grass. Or grass. There wasn't one turf field. It was all grass. Okay. 14 full-size turf fields, or I'm sorry, grass fields, and the rain just pummeled them. But, you know, the they've put they've been putting this event on. They've raised over $3 million total. That's huge. Um, what's what's the cause? Breast cancer. Okay. Yeah, uh, breast cancer. And and the, the thing is is that, you know, you get all these teams, and it's all pink, right? Some teams get special uniforms for it, pink uniforms sure. and so forth, shorts. And uh, it's just a, a great event. And the, the biggest thing about this event is not only the fundraising, but um, it's almost impossible to get into. It sells out. In less than a minute. Yeah, and we talked. We talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're we're fortunate. We get the pre-registration link. Monster does. So um, we had ten teams this weekend go down there, and um, not one of them won the championship. 
it was a it was a it was a rough weekend for monster lacrosse. I'll, I'll say that. Yep. And um, but rough if you're an egotistical parent that all they care about is wins and losses. Got to get the dub. That's that's what's rough because yeah. um, you know my 22 team won the tournament, won their division last year at Lax for the Cure, and um, and this year we didn't even make the playoffs in the 22 division. But um, the the whole the overall in general thing is that there's so many teams and it's so competitive and it's like cage match after cage match after cage match that um that's where you want to be and the 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 highlight of the whole thing right was with the 21 division as we talked about they're in their tour year of recruitment yes right yep minimum minimum 150 college coaches on the sidelines at each of their games and you're not talking about all NJCAA uh, coaches here. You're talking D1 coaches and everybody. I'm saying that there's 150 Division One coaches. Okay, you know there. Or, All right, you know, between Division One, even Division Two. I got right? you. There's a lot, several Division Three coaches there also. But at every single one of the Monster 21 games, there was it was too deep. Where else, where else are you going to get that opportunity for your kid to be in front of that many eyes? At that level, at the same time, yeah, you're, well that, you're not. No, that's and that's the goal of this tournament is to you know when you're in your tour year, that's where you want to be. And and it was just and um, you know, Coach Chamberlain coaches the 2021 team, and uh, he uh, he lost to the Yellow Jackets, who's could be arguably the best 21 team in the country, seven six, um, in the in their opening game. Regulation, regulation, okay, seven six, and then then he, then then 21s then turned and lost to Nems Lacrosse Club by a few goals in in the next game. So it went from this incredibly high of playing Yellow Jackets to a one goal game, then losing to Nems, then they won their following two games. But uh, the, if you could have just seen the college coaches at the Yellow Jacket Monster game, it was it was like a buffet of college coaches. Excellent. Now now were you approached by a lot of coaches over the weekend? We had talked about that last week too. Yeah, well, you know what I do is, you know, I I don't coach the 21 team at all. I coach the 22s and I coach the 23s. I actually jumped on a lot of sidelines, but I stay away from the 21 team just because for one my daughter's on the team, yeah. so I don't want yep. to get involved there. But for two, I'm able to go from coach to coach and talk to the coaches about, you know, different players and and kind of network like that. So it, it was great for me just to go up and down the sidelines every two steps. I'm talking to one or two coaches. So I want to walk it back, if I can, real quick to the fields. Yep. You said there were 14 of them, 14. New Egypt in New Jersey. Yep. Now, do they normally have that many fields, or did they just have the real estate to be able to mark off that many fields in that small of an area? Or, like I say, do they have that many fields already you know, set up and ready to go at any time. No, I would probably say they have 11 or 12 um, fields for soccer and lacrosse and so forth. But okay. you could tell we had to, you know, one field was in the outside, of, you know, of the baseball diamond. You know, it was uh, made into a field and so forth. So, um, you know, they, they make it work. And like I said, to get 360 teams in, to get four games each plus playoffs is quite a feat for, you know, the, the people that who, that run Lax for the Cure. And it's just such a demanding tournament that everyone wants to be there because, for one, it's a, for a great cause, and for two, that's where you're going to find all the top teams and all the best competition. And where you find the top teams, you're going to find the college coaches. That sounds like the so. place to be. How about officiating? they have any – because, because no, I'm not asking uh, you. I'm not asking uh, you to comment on whether it was good or not. I'm saying not yet. But uh, I'm asking, do they have a hard time getting officiating? Because that is one of the big deals going on now. Is because of those, you know, 
crazy parents. We've called we've we've sure. called them out. We've talked yeah. about it. Um, we're having problems with getting officiating, and when you have that many games going on, did they have problems getting officiating? No, they they have a ton of officials because they're you know they're pulling off of Long Island, right in New Jersey, so they got okay. Long Island and, and all the surrounding areas. That they Competent officiating. Now I didn't say that, so, um, <laughs> which is your segue into you know the officials. It's just a tough situation in general. Uh, okay, you know, I, I've really been wa- looking at it the past couple of days. I know we're going to talk about it further with different rules and stuff. We have, uh, you know, some, a guest coming on that's going to be able to answer a lot of questions. But, again, it's it's a simple fact. I had a referee tell me this weekend, I do, you know, I referee four sports. And you ask him procedurally about, a, you know, a rule, and he can't answer it. Now, again, I've talked about it before. A referee's in a tough situation because if they make a call, Right, he's going to make half the people happy and half the people mad. Always, no doubt about. No it. matter what you do, but they have to be better on the procedural stuff. And 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 all they have to do in order to referee a game is is pass a test. It's like passing your permit test driving. My daughter turned sixteen last week and she got her permit. Right. Oh boy. So she goes into DMV. My my wife takes her in DMV and she takes a test and she passes it. Right. Does that mean she knows how to drive? I mean, let's uh, be she, honest. She, she knows what the signs are, and you know things she, like that. But right. uh, but uh, but uh, but I I do hear you. Put I hear her on you. our road. Main thing is 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 um you always here's the disclaimer. You always as a coach want to approach the official in a respectful manner, and let's just throw that out there first. But if you do go to an official and you say, uh, "Could I have you know some clarification on what that call was?" They have to know, mm-hmm. they, and and a lot of people say, "Oh, but it's travel, it's this, it's club." That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I even hold the volunteers to the same standards. You have to know the rule. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to clarify and justify what it is that that rule was, or you know, because right. some of them are subjective. Yeah. Plain and simple. Some of them, some of them, we see things differently. You're, a strike zone is supposed to be a certain size, and I can relate because I'm an official, uh, uh, um, a softball umpire. So that's how I relate what we're talking about official wise. But my strike zone is different than umpire A and umpire C. It's it's just plain sure. and simple. Some give a ball off of the black, some don't, mm-hmm. and I'm just saying that that's the opinion stuff. But you've got to be able to. And you, you got to run. You, you, you have to keep up with the play. You had talked right? about that. Yeah, you, you have yeah. to be able to keep up with the play. And you got these officials out there that they can't, the the they just don't run. It was funny, um, and I don't know if I told you the story. Last year at Lax for the Cure, um, it was late game late in the day, right, five o'clock game, and there was this official out there, and um, and he looked like he was dying, right. And I offered him some water, and he goes, "This is my eighth game of the day." And I have not eaten anything or drinking anything since four o'clock this morning. And I'm like, "What are you doing? Well, yeah. here, take some water." He goes, "No, I can't." He goes, "I'm fasting." <laughs> I go, you're, you're, you haven't uh, eaten or drinking. It's a hundred degrees out here that's since crazy. four o'clock this morning. That's this crazy. your eighth game, and you expect to come out here and and officiate a game, a high level game like this? I felt bad for the guy. I went over to the table. I got the micro, the the walkie talkie, and I walkie talkie the director and say, hey, "Listen, this guy's gonna pass out. You better get someone over here because th- he's not gonna make it. Right? It's a hundred degrees. It's five o'clock. So did they get somebody? for They him? sent someone right over okay. and took him right out. And a great guy. Saw him this weekend, and he came up to me and shook my hand. He goes, "Hey man, just want to let you know, thank you so much. I appreciate That's cool. that." So well, I I know that I have been told that when I'm umping. This was with ASA. 
Um, I'm not supposed to take water from a, a parent, uh, a, a team, because then there might be the appearance of impropriety, you know, so a conflict of interest. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to call their runner safe at home because they gave me a water. Right. But I've got diabetes. I've got an autoimmune disease. If I'm out there sweating and I'm turning white and somebody offers me some water, I'm taking it. Right. I'm taking blame, it. Yeah. I thought that's what you were going to say. I thought you were going to mm -hmm. say that he couldn't take it because it's against the, you know, rules of officiating. No, he was fasting, you know. And I just thought, you know, thank God they came and got him off because literally I thought he was going to keel over at any time. I have uh, been witness to that. I've been witness <laughs> right. to, you know, a guy, I'm not going to mention names, but a basketball official, and he would do a, a tournament and do five straight games, and he'd be a half at the half of the first game, and his knees would be screaming. And you mm -hmm. could tell in the first game, halfway through, that he's having trouble getting up and down the floor. Right. So, yeah. We've seen it. it, but 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 the average age of officiating is creeping up there because the younger people they don't want to get involved because it's not a matter of thicker skin. They always say you got to have thicker skin. It's not that. It's just you just don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it anymore. You know, it just so. But if you do do it right, you know, if the, no different than officials aren't any different than coaches. Okay, coaches will complain about about things. Right that. Every coach is going to complain um, sometime about a call, right? Officials are no different. They're going to complain about the parents. They're going to complain yeah. about the coaches. Yeah. They're going to complain about whatever they um, complain about. But the fact of the matter is they're still picking up their check at the end of the day. Yes. And if you're going to pick up the paycheck, you got to pick up the paycheck for what? Earn you it. Know, earn, earn it. it right? That's all. Get up As, and down. Get up and down and, and be ready to answer if somebody wants clarification. And ironically, we have an individual who is on the line that we're going to go to right now and talk to uh, Caitlin Kelly. All right. Caitlin Kelly, the Director of Women's Lacrosse Operations for U.S. Lacrosse, which is the sanctioning body for lacrosse here in the United States, is on the line. Caitlin, are you there? Yes, sir. Well, th good for, good, actually, good good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I am, as you may know, Craig Simmons, also known as the Spaz Man, and joining me is Ronnie Davis, uh, head coach. He has been at the collegiate level now at high school. And um, again, thank you very much for joining us, especially knowing what we want to talk about, because I am sure that you have had a preponderance of feedback and input regarding this, but... Um, you know, we've we've been talking about it all season. We've seen both sides of it. Normally, what we hear is we always hear feedback and input about why there should be a shot clock at the high school level for girls lacrosse. What we really never hear is why there shouldn't be. And that's kind of what we want to hear right now. If you don't mind, let's walk right up. And as I like to say, Punch that 800-pound gorilla in the corner right in the eyeball and get right to it if you don't mind, Caitlin. Why right now is there not a shot clock at the girls' lacrosse high school level? Okay. Um, well, I would. I think I would answer that sort of with two prongs. I think from a logistics and process sort of um, sort of national governing body perspective, one of the major deterrents for us to – look at it really seriously is the financial um, to mandate it, to put it in the rule book would require that everyone, I think we have close to uh, 2,700 
high schools that place sanctioned lacrosse between uh, USL and the NFHS, like a sanctioned um, high school. And so that would require 2,700 schools to purchase a visible clock on field. Most of them don't have it. Same in the boys' game. Um, and so we always take on the rules committee side the, the expense very seriously. It may not be a barrier to some areas and to potentially some private schools, but you have um, some schools in growing areas or lacrosse is not that big or they're not well-funded schools or well-funded programs, that would be a major deterrent for them to actually follow our rules. That would be the, the sort of logistical financial piece. I think that there are, you know, there are always people that are wary of change that want to sort of maintain the integrity of the game. And we have to look at that and balance that against sort of growth of the game, the change of athleticism, the desire for pace of play. I think those are important. Um, I would say as a coach, and your other guests may, may disagree with me, but I was a high school coach for a couple decades, and I, um, I actually love the stall as a teaching tool for high school athletes. I think it incentivizes coaches to teach fundamentals to their players, to, you know, if you're running a stall that and you're on offense and you have seven people down, that means every one of your seven players has to be a ball handler. Every one of your seven players has to be able to go right-handed, left-handed. Um, it, you know, it, it allows a team to truly play as a team, whereas, you know, if you, if you have a shot clock, you are able to get away with or you're going to have – teams where they just have one or two dominant offensive players and they just are going to run and gun it. And so it, I like this stall as a potential for uh, evening the playing field. If you have a balanced team that has really good fundamentals versus a team with more of a run and gun offense. So from a, a integrity style of the game, I, I think that the drive to the shot clock, the drive to pace of play is, maybe not the slam dunk that most people think it is. Um, but so it's so I think we don't have that theoretical conversation as much because of the financial piece sort of blocking the conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, uh, Caitlin, my, my name is Ronnie Davis, and um, I, I actually had the pleasure of working um, with the U.S. U-19 team with, uh, with Kelly Imani Hiller in the, in the, um, the tryout phases of there, I was one of her evaluators and uh, helped pick the the her team there for the getting it down to the 38 players. So I had a wonderful experience down there, the U.S. Lacrosse headquarters. So I just want to throw that out there to you. Um, That's great. So Mike, I have a twofold question. For one. Um, with when you talk about like, like the budgetary stuff, if they, if that's the the holdup, um, are we being you know put behind the eight ball by you know basketball you know requires it and had to go in every single gymnasium, right th th throughout the the country when basketball did it, and uh, so I mean are are we to you know being treated as second-class citizens of not being able to compete with, you know, the, the major sport. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports of, like you said, like basketball. I mean, that's a $5,000, you know, um, each yep. shot clock is about five grand. So every high school in America had to put in shot clocks for basketball. Why is it different for lacrosse? There are actually, supposedly there are, you know, I was at the NFHS last week. I do believe there are actually some schools that still don't have that. Um, that they, you know, they've had to come up with sort of alternative ways of doing it. Um, you know, I get that, and but what I what I say is like this isn't this isn't a gender issue. Boys across has the same issue, um, and and we are looking at it. And we have conversations at the rule level. We get submissions on this. You know, can we, um, you know, go to a handheld watch with officials? Can we do it that way? Can we have something on the table that you know they're just calling it out? I mean, those are all conversations that we've had. Um, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're saying that this is a, a second class sport. I don't think, you know, basketball has been around for a long time. Their battle for a shot clock took a long time too. I think there's a real potential that we'll get there, but I think we're trying to look at avenues to make it not so cost prohibitive because we have, especially on the women's game side versus the boys, um, you know, we'll have areas where in states where they only have one official on the field. So if, you know, if you have one official on the field and the clock is not a visible clock and it's, you know, a small clock being held by a student who's running the game clock from the table. So I, we have a lot of that logistical pieces that we haven't filled out yet. Um, and so I, I, I don't look at it as a second-class citizen. I think it's a little bit that we're a little bit of a younger sport in terms of our presence in the NFHS high school sports system. So my, my question, too, is um, with in terms of um, the difference of the game, of of college compared to high school. I mean, we're, we're kind of teaching twofold. I mean, we, we have to reteach. I was a collegiate coach. Um, now I'm a high school coach, and it's definitely the teaching part of it. I'm a youth coach as well. So every, it seems like every phase we have to reteach and reteach. Um, but if you looked at the past, um, like let's say NCAA tournament, right, um, on ESPN2, and, you know, there's – 15 men's games compared to one women's game and and when yes. you and when I'm you very aware of that fact yeah and so when you <laughs> constantly ask the questions to you know the people at espn and 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 everywhere and and it's they're just like it's boring it's you know it's boring if you know those rules don't come into play if if i know you talked about the integrity of the game and kids got to go left-handed or right-handed and it's a strategy it's a strategy with the stall but Let's be honest. It's a boring way to play lacrosse, and it's a boring sport to watch. If that's the que- if that's involved, so, I, I've heard that, and I quite honestly, I don't, I don't give a lot of credibility to that because, um, you know, I, you know, I was actually just up at the ESPN Women's Summit uh, last month, and you know, I was listening to the all the the uh, alumni of the women's national team for soccer, and 
you know, I, these people that say, oh, it's boring, it's boring, they're soccer games with one goal scored in, in, in you know, 90 minutes. So I think what people like to do, especially in lacrosse, because we have boys lacrosse and girls lacrosse and they have the same name, but they're different games. And so we constantly are being compared to boys lacrosse, but we are literally different games. So I don't, you know, if someone, if ESPN wants to tell me that it's boring, oh, that's fine. You want me to watch 90 minutes of soccer on ESPN with one goal? So I, I don't, I don't buy that. I think that's an easy, easy out. And I think people need to be called on that. Um, you know, learn the game, get commentators in there that know the game, that can explain it better. I, you know, I, repeatedly you will see commentators um, who do not come from a women's or a girls' cross background, um, who do not, you know, are calling it a face-off, things like that. So they're not bringing their best to the table. So, you know, I take, I take a little bit of an exception with that as a reason. Um, you know, I also, again, I think that people look to – right now we're in a society where pace of play seems to be like the buzzword which is fine. We understand that. We understand that at the NCAA level, that they want to make the game, you know, chunkable, palatable for TV viewing, and that TV viewing is incredibly important. Like, we want the game to be visible. Like, I'm completely on board with that. But at the high school and youth level, we have to look at safety first. Um, So some of those pieces are in play, and I think people don't necessarily understand that in the rules and the discrepancy in the rules between the high school and and the collegiate level. Um, I do think that eventually um, there will be, you know, there will be changes that will bring the high school game closer to the college game, but there's going to be some sort of lines in the sand also in terms of safety. I I personally think that we will probably, um, we're going to continue to get the pace of play challenge. I don't know if it will be, um, fixed or solved with a visible shot clock on the field mandated. But I do think like there's a lot of creative um, submissions that come in and a lot of really thoughtful people on the rules committee. Um, So I I think that we will figure out a way to, uh, like you said, limit whistles, increase pace of play, things like that. We want the game to be fun and easy to view. Um, But I don't think that the shot clock is the cure-all that some people think it is. So we're talking with Caitlin Kelly. She is the director of women's lacrosse for U.S. Lacrosse, the sanctioning body here in the United States. We're talking about the shot clock at the girls' high school level. Now, Caitlin, um, I just want to say I do broadcast uh, girls' lacrosse and boys' lacrosse. I definitely I try to avoid comparing the two, but as an educational tool, I do talk about the differences in the game, but not to try and say that one is or isn't better and. Uh, uh, just you know, for for information, I was doing a game that uh, Coach Davis was involved with, and the other team went into stall mode for about ten minutes, and I had about two hundred listeners, and about halfway through that stall session, I lost fifty percent of my listeners. <laughs> um, I was able to track yeah. that, so I mean, it does matter. But obviously, at the high school level, there isn't a financial component that we see in, let's say, D two, D one, you know, college sports, but. Uh, there's definitely the component of, I will say, not to beat a dead horse, but like St. John Fisher College over the weekend at the boys' game, the stands are packed, but the girls' game, about half of it. And I think the pace of play has something to do with that. Let me ask you this. 
a compromise? Has a compromise been talked about where, first, I like where you say that eventually we're going to get there. You think we might get there eventually, and that and that's that, op- that leaves it wide open, which is cool. But that just means that the conversation is going to continue. Can you compromise? Has there been talk about? All right, we can't bring in the twenty four or the shot clock. I should say twenty four is basketball, the NBA, but we can mandate that on an attempted clear they have a certain amount of time, so the goalie can't camp. You know, at the 25-yard line for, let's say, four minutes while everybody's marked yeah. up and running around. Is, has that been yeah. in discussion and compromise? You know, has that compromise been, uh, been you know, approached? Well, so one of the things that we do, I mean, we, at the rule committee meeting, um, we review the submitted proposals. I will say that that specific proposal has never been submitted, but what we've done um, – in the past is we'll look at like a shot clock proposal and say, okay, we can't go there right now because of the financials, but let's, for example, survey next year, some alternatives that we come up with as a group. So some of the things that we've discussed and we'll put, put, um, we'll survey before our next rules meeting are potentially like, could you have an official have a stopwatch on the clear, you know, going across the restraining line, you know, something like that. Should we look at the concept of um, in and out over the restraining line? Like once you're in the, you know, once you're in the offensive end, can you maybe not go out? Like things like that, or you do something like that in the last four minutes of the game. You know, those ideas have been discussed and brought to the table. They've never come up as a formal proposal. And so part of my job is uh, during the, you know, now that we're out of our rulemaking sessions of June is to sort of get information, get ideas from people like you. And then if they don't come in as a formal proposal, then I put them in as a proposal next spring so that we bring them to the table. We take survey results. And we kind of get an idea of like, we know as what you guys are saying, we know everyone is frustrated with pace of play. Everyone is frustrated with stall and whistle. And we, we want to come up with a solution. It's just what can we make work? So any creative ideas that come in there. And those are some of the ideas that we're looking at. Um, I think, again, the concern is it would probably put a burden on officials in the game. And we do have areas in the country that have, you know, some areas where you have three officials in the game and there are some areas where you have one. And so why we would like, we want our rules to not, hinder the growth of the game and um, the athleticism of our student athletes. We also sort of sometimes have to balance like, Hey, if we have a game, you know, really out there where the only one official, can they manage these rules? It's a little bit of a balancing act. Um, So, so one, you know, the short, the short answer is yes. These are the things we're thinking about for sure. So two, two quick questions on, on this one. One, um, so in I was involved in the my, my team played in the state semifinals against Eastport South Manor a couple weeks ago uh-huh. and um one of the you know there's a girl named Casey Choma had the ball Casey's going to, to Notre Dame and it was a 4-4 tie with 6 minutes left in the game and Casey Choma had the ball and we definitely didn't want the ball in her stick um my defender stepped in the goal crease on purpose the ball left Casey Choma's stick and had to go behind the goal to the dot um, for goal circle violation. So Casey was up top center above the 12. Once my girl jumped in the crease, 
the, the official took the ball from Choma, brings it back to the dot in another girl's um, stick. We, we accomplished what we needed to accomplish there by getting the ball out of her hands. Um, the official, the box official came up to me and goes, hey, just so you know, don't do that again. You're going to get a, a yellow card for misconduct. Um, and I was like, whoa, 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 what, what did we do wrong there? And then so we had a, a conference and a, and a protest, and a, a lady came out, and I'm not sure who she was, um, said, you know, basically I'm going to handle this. If you, you know, commit a goal circle violation again, we're going to, I'm going to instruct the officials to give you a yellow card for unsportsmanlike conduct. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, and we turned and we lost the game by a couple. But you guys write the rules. And in in basketball, people foul and people come up with strategy based on the rules of the game, the rules that are supplied for them. And nowhere in a in a rule book could I find the fact that I cannot commit a goal circle violation on purpose in order to change the position of the ball. Why is it different in? women's girls lacrosse than it is in basketball or football or anything else. Why are the rules, why aren't you allowed to create strategy based on the rules that you guys have written? Why is it there's so much subjectivity to it? Uh, well, I mean, I think that there's subjectivity in, in most officiating. You know, it depends on where it is. I, I, you know, I agree there is definitely... Um, we do expect officials to have judgment calls in certain situations. I mean, the, the, the yellow card misconduct there is for repetitive intentional fouls. So it's not about the goal circle violation itself. It's about a re repetitive intentional foul. And that's done in part for safety reasons, um, you know, because you don't want someone jumping into the shooting space three times, you know, intentionally to, to, to stop that call. What I will um, acknowledge, which I think is a really important point of what you're saying, is it's very important to us that our rules, as best as we can, while balancing safety, don't stifle innovation. Like, you know, I'm a coach, too. Like, I, I think that was actually pretty darn creative of you. Like, you know, if I've been on the other sideline, I've been like, okay, I give them that. Like, that, that's creative. I like innovation. I like strategy. Um you know, and so it's just, it's not, it's not intentional. We're not trying to, uh, we'd like officiating to be consistent across the country. You know, we'd like every official to make the same call in the same situation, but there are judgment pieces. There are, there's a gray area in the women's game, whether it's the fear, or whether or not a check is dangerous or not dangerous. You know, there's, there is a lot of gray area. And so part of that gray area is just the sort of, comes out of the very nature of the game and part of the gray area comes out of safety i think but i know i completely agree with you that innovation is important to keeping the game exciting and to keep the game growing and evolving i, I think everyone on the rules committee would like that but at the high school and youth level we still have that mandate for safety um and and i the one thing i would throw in here which you guys may or may not get but in my role here at us lacrosse i am constantly inundated by safety issues, by concerns about safety. You know, why are we not just playing boys across? Why are we not wearing equipment? Why are we not? So those are, um, especially from areas that are new to the game, who don't understand the difference, they, they, want, they want girls all on equipment. And so a lot of our decisions right now are really are safety first because, you know, we want to preserve the game to a certain extent 
the way it is out of equipment. Um, and so if that comes at times a little bit to the cost of innovation, um, I can understand your frustration with that, but understand it's not doing it to really stifle innovation. It's really done to sort of preserve the game. Gotcha. And on the financial part, as you know, um, of course, you know, to get shot clocks in every school, I've just added up 2,700 schools is $13.5 million. Um, what if we, what if we started a campaign and raised that money? What if we said, okay, in, in two years, we're going to raise $13.5 million and every school will have a shot clock. I mean, at least it's a path. It's a, it's a start to say, all right, let, let's get this done. We've lacks for the cure has raised over $3 million for yes. breast cancer. It's not on. So just again, I mean, we really do actually try to do some problem solving here. This is a conversation that we've actually had with some other organizations that we partner with and we're, we're allied with, and also in part because we know it's the same issue on the boys' side. So we feel like potentially, you know, you put boys and girls high school across together, you know, we're trying to save costs for a lot of high schools with a, a unified field. Um, so we're like, you were like, hey, we got this unified field. Like, if you're putting in a trip, you can do this. You can save money. You know, are there ways, are there groups that we can partner with? There are definitely um, other institutions, other sports associations and institutions um, involved in lacrosse that would like to see the shot clock come in. And so we, you know, part of my job is to exactly have the conversation you're having. Is, is there a group we can partner with that can help us raise funds to provide grant or seed money to the to schools that can't get the shot clocks on their own? Are there ways to convert existing football clocks to, you know, to tap into that if it's already existing on the field? You know, those are all things we're addressing. So we've been talking with Caitlin Kelly, the director of women's lacrosse for U U.S. lacrosse, the sanctioning body for uh, lacrosse here in the country. And Caitlin, uh, one more time. We've gone a little longer than I promised that we would. So I, I thank you very much and appreciate your time for doing that. One quick thing, though, if I can walk it back, you said you use the phrase formal proposal. How does somebody go about that? Because we have coaches, administrators, we have officials, all kinds of people checking in on the podcast, parents. How can somebody submit a formal proposal or put something in front of you for possible discussion in the future? <clears throat> um, so it's super easy. We have a rules page on our website, and it says submit a rule change. It's like just a button. Um, and the proposal gets, you know, dumped in and goes right to me. It asks for... Uh Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, you know, the rule page reference and things like that. You know, if it's a non-existing rule, like if it, you want a shot clock, you just put in there that you want a shot clock. Um, I also can be reached at ckelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, at uscross.org. And I, you know, I'm the one that collates all the proposals. Now, that being said, all 
500 people or whatever that were at that game, they don't all have to submit a proposal because it's not a quantity thing. If I get 500 proposals <laughs> for a shot clock, that doesn't make a difference from one proposal. So well, I do, I do have like a, 500 proposals. I do have a petition out there for the shot clock. It's up to a couple hundred right now. Right. So I will be submitting yeah. that to you. No question about that. But the or the U.S. Lacrosse website is uslacrosse.org. And once again, yep. Caitlin Kelly, uh, any, any last words you want to throw out there regarding what we've been talking about? No, absolutely not. Actually, I think it's great that people are talking about it. And, um, and I really appreciate the time and let me kind of share our perspective. Um, you know, we are, we are thoughtful and intentional and, and we love the innovation. So it's, we're not just sort of sitting up here going, no, we don't want this. You know, we really are trying to do it in a fair, equitable way without um, holding the game back. Well, we thank you very much for joining us. Once again, Caitlin Kelly from U.S. Lacrosse. Uh, thank you. Sorry we ran a little longer, but we just get that just gave us a little more time to disseminate some information. And once again, thanks for joining us. Caitlin, thank you. All right. Thank you guys both very much. You got it. All right. We'll be in touch. See ya. Bye. There you go, brother. If you want to find something, you go to the top. That's you right. Skip you skip all the over the other stuff and go right to the top, dog. Yeah. I, um, <clears throat> You know, I think there needs to be more committees of, you know, as she talked about, you know, what she said was, you know, the, all the the former alumni, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. of that have played lacrosse and, and the people who are, you know, making these decisions and so forth. I, you know, she said her opinion is she likes the stall. Well, that's what right. I, I was waiting for you to get done, but that's that's my, where I'm at. I'm, I'm a wordsmith. I, I'm a word guy. And I think she might get herself in a little bit of hot water there by saying, I like the stall. So then people might infer, ah, it's just because she likes it is the reason why it's not going to get changed, which may or may, may not be the truth. I'm right. just simply, and you you touched on it. So we w both were thinking the same way. Um, that's yeah. There, that's the first I, thing I thought. But, but there's just, uh, there's, <laughs> you know, in their mindset, there's, you know, you look at it black and white. There's really no way to grow this game faster and further. I mean, yeah, it will grow over time because obviously more kids are playing and it is spreading. Yeah. But I think that I don't think a shot clock is going to risk kids' safety. I don't either. And one thing that I get that I that that I take a little issue with as we keep, keep saying that the boys don't have a shot clock. They don't have a shot clock, but they have a certain amount. They have a time limit to get a clear. And by the way, at the high school level, a clear isn't midfield. It's into the box. The restraining line. They have restraining to get line. it into the offensive box. That's when it's a clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they have a certain amount of time to get it into the clear. And then they have a certain amount of time before the referees finally give the stall signal. So they do have the stall warning. So they are timed. It isn't quote-unquote a shot clock, but they are timed. So to try and use the two as a comparative uh, narrative, it, it it's right. not applicable in my opinion. And she said but. it's much different than the <clears throat> than the men's game or the boys' game, which yeah. I agree, and, and they don't want it to be. Absolutely. And, excuse Absolutely. me, like the boys game. And I and I get that. Yeah. However, there's some there are some crossing comparisons. Sure. You know, you know she well, like baseball and softball. Right. They're she, different, but she mentioned that, you know, a lot of people are still calling to draw a face off. I've well, done I've done it a couple times. <laughs> can we be honest? What's the difference? Well, who cares? 
Um, a face-off and a draw yeah. is Tra- no different. Tradition. Right? It's, tradi- it's tradition. It's the girls saying, hey, we're the girls game, and we don't want to wear helmets, Some and say we don't tomato, Some say tomato. Does, it, does yeah. it really matter? Yeah. Right? The other thing she said is, you know, a goal circle compared to a crease. And, and the boys' game is a crease, and the, and the girls' game is a goal circle. Does it matter? I don't think so. Again, uh, I mean, you know, the, the semantical semantical right. aspect of it. Is that a word? It is now. It's a spasonym, semantical. Right. So if we take all those, you know, things out and just move them off to the side, like who cares about it? Let's I, not worry I would about agree that. with that. that. Those are, the, those are the like I said, the traditional things right. that really don't come into play. All I know is, like I said, in that Brighton game, all right, when they went into stall, I lost half my listeners, mm-hmm. okay? And then they ended up coming back, you know, just to check in. And then when they right. found out, it's still the same it was. Um, when when I go to St. John Fisher College for a weekend, the boys' game's absolutely packed. You can't find a seat. For the girls, not as much. And again, I am a staunch proponent for the girls' game. Nobody can say... Spaz, man, you right. don't support the girl. You're crazy. That's ridiculous. Right. I give a voice to the girls' game, and uh, she also referenced U.S. soccer, right? Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, it is a it's it's not a great comparison at all. Well, I, and, in my opinion, that's a subjective uh, justification. That's that that I don't think the two really have. We have we are conditioned to think for a game to be good, it has to be high scoring and offensive. And I, I'm a defensive guy. I complete, and that's a whole nother conversation. But you are right. That that was uh, that uh, we would call that a stretch, right? I mean, it's, uh, I mean this is <laughs> to be diplomatic. Well, because she's like, well, they're you know they're on national TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they certainly are on national TV. Sure. Because you have a whole world watching. You know, in Sweden and Norway and yeah. Germany and England. Yeah. <clears throat> that's their whole world. Lacrosse is getting bigger and bigger in in the United States. So, people want action. People want to be able to watch it on TV, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, my in my house, we watch when women's lacrosse is on TV. We watch it. I I do you know? too. So, I watch it, but but I also watch it as much to listen to the broadcasters, mm-hmm. to the play by play guys, and you know some of the stuff I pick up and some I I ask my wife. I say. Am I that? Am I? Be- I'm, <laughs> please tell me I'm better than that. But uh, and 99 percent of the time she says yes. But yeah, the, the using the whole two that was uh, like I said that was a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. But that was really cool that we had an, yeah, an opportunity absolutely. to talk to her. She was great. She answered the questions and 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 I understand. I get where she's coming from. And um, but I just think that there's no reason why we can't. Uh, let's. I think you need to start a GoFundMe. I don't know how to do it. Do you know how to do the GoFundMe? Oh, I do. I do. Why don't we start a GoFundMe for? Shot clocks and girls lacrosse. We have I'm, to raise thirteen point five million, and every high school will get a shot clock. I like it. I'm down with All right, it. So you're going to start that today? Do I get a cut? <laughs> I don't know how that works, but dude, thirteen and a half million. Thirteen point five million. It is a lot of scratch, but it you is. know what? If you, I just added up, there's twenty seven hundred teams times you know twenty kids on a team, right? That's a lot of players. Playing lacrosse, you know, she said that uh, she was, you know, and and again, a disclaimer: we appreciate her taking the time. I told her we'd take ten minutes. Right. We took about a half an hour, <laughs> but it was so it was riveting. It was informative, and um, ah, uh, I can't, I can't. What point was I making? I got, I just I'm got derailed, sure. Ronnie. Move on. <laughs> right. I just got completely let's, derailed. Let's go on to right in public follow, error. Follow up on, on this weekend and and how, um, you know, there was 
a, a local tournament in town. I think uh, Relentless Hustle played. Um, I don't have the scores. They don't post the scores. Is that, that the point. one that uh, the guy wanted me to climb up on the scaffolding to? Uh, it might have been to do the video. <laughs> to do the video in. But um, you know, back to Lax for the Cure. Like I said, Lax for the Cure raised three million dollars for breast cancer. That's that's awesome. We should be able to raise thirteen point five million for for that. But um, oh, that's all right, let me. Well, I thought about it. She had mentioned that people are afraid to change. Okay, and I think in this situation, it's not that people are afraid to change. People are afraid to voice their opinion mm -hmm. because they've been conditioned to think that they're going to get some kind of blowback or retribution if they say something. Because there's there's bad programs, there's bad coaches. Sure. Where if you say something about a coach, next thing you know, the kid starts losing some play time. You've oh, seen yeah. it. I'm not saying it's you, but you've seen well, it. Even, it exists. Even in the state game, when I brought up the protest, I'm like, I just I have a protest. You th you would have thought that I you know maimed somebody. I mean, this lady yeah. was like, yeah. I'll handle this. Yes. And she was like, yeah. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah, I'm just you know following the rules that I was given here, and that's the biggest thing. That you know the people in charge and the and the officials, everyone, they've got to quit being so defensive. Let's work together on making change, right? I mean, as she said, yeah. she's like, you know, yeah. that was a, that's a really smart play. But then one of her officials is telling me that they're going to sure. card me for misconduct. So, yeah. um, but the, you know, this weekend, you know, my my monster 2020 team, we went, you know, they. They went two and two. Um, they've never won Lax for the Cure Championship. Like I said, only one team in the No, is this has. in Maryland, too? This, this was in New, Jer uh, uh, New that's Jersey. That's right, New Jersey, New you Jersey. said. New, New Egypt, and, yeah. Um, my bad. And they got blasted by M&D Black um, in, the, in their last game. If they would have won, they would have went to the playoffs, and they got beat, just blasted. And uh, But, um, but you know, they, they fought and just not hard enough. So how did the players handle it? And not to get – too deep into it. How did uh, mom and dad handle the well, getting blown with out? With the 2020s, I mean, they're they're all committed, right? They're all going to, to big schools. So this is like their, you know, their grand tour, right? Their victory lap of going to some tournaments and playing and ho hoping to get some wins out of it. But they they are not playing in front of them. They're not playing for anything besides for going out there to have fun. So um, the the parents handle. I mean, what, what are you going to do? They the kids didn't come to play, right? So. Um, Oh, you know, the parents, you know, they, yeah, they spent some money to go down there, but that's part of the experience, right? It is. It is. Um, our the highlight of the weekend, right, which is um, we'll get to my when my top five at five, but um, our 24 monster team went 0-3, right? They played Skywalkers. They played, you know, Yellow Jackets. They, they played some really good teams, and they were very unsuccessful. Current seventh graders, just graduated seventh, going to be eighth graders next year, right? 0-3 now there in the death bracket. I think I told you a couple weeks before we were in NGLL, right? The yeah. National Girls Lacrosse yep. League, right? Championships. And they ran the table, and then they get to the championship game against M&D Black, and they lost 13 to nothing. Ouch. They didn't even get a shot on goal. That's that's how bad it was. I mean, this team was just you. You thought they all drove to the field in seventh grade, right? Um, my twenty fours beat them this weekend. Nice fourth game. They beat them after losing thirteen to nothing. They By what? Back to, what was the score? Six five. Six five. Six five games. Regulation. Regulation. Okay. Yeah. They came back and won, and it, you would have thought my twenty fours won the Super Bowl. Nice. I mean, now, how much time was left when they scored the winning goal? They were actually up the whole time. They never trailed. Oh, they never trailed. No, they, okay. were, they were up the whole time. And, how, uh, so then how close was it to the end when 
the other team scored their fifth goal. So we're Monster was up by two, and uh, and we lost the ball, and they came down and scored. And um, the last probably minute and a half was no score, just going back and forth. Okay. And, uh, and uh, the horn blew, and Crunch like time. I said, you would have thought that these little twenty fours won a Super Bowl. That's because cool. They just went bananas. Twenty fours, what eighth grade? Seventh, go, seventh, 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 seventh grade, going in eighth grade next year. And uh, but it just goes to show you any given day, right? With these teams, you have to and, play the game. But to be in that tournament to be in those divisions to play against those top teams is I think the most important thing and um, to you know now they know that they can compete after getting their butts kicked 13 nothing two weeks prior they know they can compete now and the confidence level of seventh graders going down there and doing that is is just huge it is now that's your team you're the coach of that team no no, no? no I don't coach that team okay Craig Chamberlain coaches that team. ah okay yeah, so Craig, right. Craig coaches the 24s and the 21 well he's had a, he's had a couple W's in his lifetime yeah absolutely he's uh he, you know he's great you know motivating these kids and and uh, and even the, the, the 21s, you know, he wasn't happy about losing the Nems. Um, but, you know, it will, when you got a game that's competitive at the 21 level with 150 college coaches watching, that's all you want it to be is competitive. The college coaches don't care what the score is. Yeah, and you you, you approached that, alluded that to that last week when we were talking yeah. about it. So, you know, all the, the, <coughs> the emails and texts that are coming in today about kids, you know, big schools, you know, big, big schools with big scholarships and big opportunities are interested in the monster kids be, just because the way they play and the way they've been taught and the, the divisions that they're put in each week. Mm -hmm. So um, I just think that's huge for Rochester lacrosse in general to be in that, you know, conversation with those, with those teams. Absolutely. And um, so, you know, going forward, you know, there's a few tournaments left, right? And then come September 1st, all the 21s are going to have to make some decisions. Now they got from September 1st, mind you, you know, then they're going to go to to three tournaments in November as well. So from now until the just before Thanksgiving is is the tour. Right? Now, where are those tournaments going to be? November, you hear November. It's going to be cold. Where are those? November, they're they're down south. Right, okay. Maryland, Maryland, New Jersey. Well, that's area. not very south. No, but in November, <laughs> at least it's you know it's a little warmer down there. Sure, but um, but that's where all the college coaches are going to be, and that's where you know that's w what we're planning on with our even our younger teams. That's what we plan for. That's what we practice and and train for is to get ready for your tour. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, Abby Heron this weekend, right? Her team didn't, you know, they didn't do so well, and I coached them. Right, and you know I hate to lose, right? Oh yeah. But um, the big picture is that they were one goal games, and they're getting ready for their tour that starts in in November, and uh, and you know how much we love Abby, and Abby um, Abby was a stud out there. Abby's gonna be a top five kid. She might be the best player, you know, close to it. We ran into another kid that's equal to her at um with M and D Black. Definitely one of the top freshmen, no question about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to talk about overall player, but definitely, well, she'll be a sophomore, but, right. you know, definitely one of the top freshmen. So, who? I mean, in Section 5, you know, we, we, talk about, we talked about the teams that are losing players, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we'll talk about the teams that got players coming back, you know. Uh, Pittsburgh, right? We got um, the Sampone Twins coming back, Kira yeah. Lucy coming back. Um, Sensible. Sensible, the goalies Freshman, coming right? back. Yeah, Abby Hopfinger, Sophie Brown, um, a lot of kids, you know, coming back for for Pittsburgh. So, 
I think you got a lot of kids coming back for Russian and Rihanna. I was going to say, I know Davis is coming back. Raya Davis yeah, is coming I, back, yeah. I, again, we've talked about her. I like watching her play, yeah, the Co lefty. Courtney Rowe is going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Maddie Schmitz um, is going to have another year under her belt. So... Um, Rush Henrietta, and I think we talked about Craig was giving me crack about, crap about it a couple times that they're not going to be good next year. Rush Henrietta is going to be very good mm -hmm. next year. They, they, get, they have um, a lot of good kids coming back. So I think you're going to see a battle, battle, battle. The, key, the question is, does Penfield go back to A? Now, have they made the move or they're talking about I, it? I thought you had said it's already a done deal. I, I thought it was, but th those are rumors, right? Okay. Does, 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 do they go back to A and um, then, you know, what, what did what did Fairport gain, right? They got Morgan Schwab, the All-American, back. Um, they got Emma Monte, who's uh, um, going to Virginia Tech back. Kate Marfiotti's back. Uh, they got some kids back. The question is, are they going to be able to put it together to – to compete against and is their coaching Andrew. solid because they've had problems with coaching over there is is their coaching solid i mean are they good to go for a while in my opinion they are they got Merrick harp um who will you know got her first year under her belt but um so and she did great with the, the kids bought into her and they mm -hmm. and they like her and, and that's half the battle as you know absolutely and um, but then they got liz monty back as well, who's a world team player, and yep. Bill Mahar, who um, has won several national championships in his career. So, um, their their coaching staff is solid. Okay, I don't I don't see a lot of movement in coaches in Section Five this year, from what I've seen. Um, until the shot clock comes in, then we'll <laughs> then we'll see. Don't, don't walk us back to that, man. <laughs> but um, you know, in Class B, like I said, if Penfield goes to A, in Class B Mercy is going to be really strong. They got all those kids back. Yeah. Um, Spencer Port lost a ton. I'm not sure how competitive they're going to be. Brighton's got Strasden back, LaFountain back, Liederman back, Marangola back, Holborough back, um, their goalie back. So it's going to be a battle. It's 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 going to be a battle. And, and what I'm going to do to prepare is I'm I'm starting September one. You know, indoor, okay, indoor, indoor. I was going to say now when you up. say you're starting, what are you talking about? What 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 can you do? I got you know I I got the to start one mid March or no mid April or no February with Canadagua right mm -hmm. um and we got a lot done but we got a lot oh of, yeah we got a lot of work to do right oh yeah and, and you know to come back yeah but and, look what you have to work with oh I'm I'm so excited you're, you're losing some senior leadership and Emma mm -hmm. and uh, Kenzie and obviously Clancy yeah and uh, but you've got a lot coming and the JV they've been doing well as well so. yeah they did well and uh, I. I'm excited. I'm excited. So so you're saying that Ronnie Davis will be back next season? I'm saying that Ronnie Davis is going to be back in Canadagua for another season, yeah. Okay. And, I, and, and I'm saying that I couldn't be happier. Okay. I mean, I'm so excited to – Okay. Uh, it was funny. I, I went up to um, – uh, a group of the girls and uh, just said, to them, "Hey, girls, just by by you know, I know there was a rumor out there, but I'm I'm coming back." And they were just you know, good. Just let out yelps. They good. were so happy. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, I'll be there. Right. I did twenty of your twenty-one games this year. Right. I missed the first one. And I missed the Scanny Atlas game. You know, I got to apologize to you about because what? I saw a tweet or something go out about the banquet, the boys' banquet that you went to, and yes, I don't handle our banquet, but. Mm -hmm. I was not even paying attention. I didn't I'm even sorry. know you had one. I'm sorry that you did not get an invite to that. That's, I appreciate that. I appreciate to, that. To, that. That was not a shot saying, hey, screw you, girl. No, I program. know. I just, I no, thought I about just, it. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I just, Batman yeah. wasn't even at the banquet. He probably didn't even know. No, I, I didn't. The funny thing is, I, I Neiman told me about the banquet three days before it. 
<laughs> you know, let's blame Nemo because anytime right. I don't know something, it's Nemo's fault for not telling me. Right. So Nemo, it's your fault, Nemo. Nemo's fault. I mean, it's all just good. Blame it on Nemo. It's it's all good, man. Ride or die. You you make me feel like part of the family. <laughs> oh, you definitely. Some, are. some some teams some program programs get it. Some just don't. Right. And uh, right now I'm I'm all in on the lacrosse. I did 40 lacrosse games this year. Between uh, your 36, between you and Canandaigua, mm-hmm. I did 36, I think, of 40. And then I did, uh, I think I did two or three Palmac and then one Pittsburgh. Right. So anytime that's, that's somebody goes, what's your favorite game to call? I think that might answer the question. <laughs> so we have um, we have some top fives to go over. Yeah. Right? Mine is the Fairport Hot. Fairport, Fairport Hot's top five. I'm going to let you go first this weekend. Oh, well, mine is the FLX Software Top 5. And I was on the way over here, and I thought to myself, man, I didn't come up with a Top 5. What am I going to do? Just before I drove into the side of that lady who pulled out in front of me. But that's neither here nor there. So I came up with the Top 5 goalies that I saw this season. That I saw. So I'm going to start with... uh, if I recall correctly, the Northport goalie gave Pittsburgh fits. Valley. Yeah. Or, or no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I forget her name. But she. Was, yeah, I she can't remember. Valley either. was and, actually Eastport South. And I was trying to find it. So the Northport goalie gave gave uh, Pittsburgh fits. And I, if I recall, she was she was stud like. If yeah. I remember. Yeah. Held Pittsburgh to what? Three goals. Two goals. Three. Uh, three. 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 I think yep. it was, yeah. So. Uh, that's number five, the Northport goalie. Uh, four is going to be uh, Heather Weaver from Palmac. Okay. And the thing about her, I remember telling you that I saw a picture of her Her and Andre Savage. Yeah. Her and Andre Savage were in a post-game picture, and upon first noticing it, I thought it was Andre hanging out with one of the youth players. Mm-hmm. That's how diminutive this or demure this Heather Weaver is. She's that small. And she plays that big, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So imagine how good she was would be if she hit a growth spurt. Sure. Heather Weaver, Palmac, um, sophomore. That's number four. Number three is um, I am going to go with uh, sophomore Quinn Tallman for Canada. QT. Yep. I'm going to go with Quinn Tallman. I just think if she, I, I like an aggressive goalie. I like an aggressive goalie who comes out and tells you. This is my goal circle. Mm-hmm. Okay. That yeah, that was a shot. Okay. This is my crease. This is my house. And you get that from French. You didn't get that so much with Quinn. She in my opinion. Sure. All right. But I think she's starting to figure that out. She's starting to pick it up. She's starting to get more physical. So I'm going with Quinn Tallman. Okay. Number three. Number two is uh freshman. Grace Sensible. Sensible. From, from, yep, from from Pittsburgh. Okay. Just She's good. Yeah. What, what else can you say? And she's going to be around for the next three years. Yeah. She's not going anywhere. They they seem to have a really good grasp on goalies over there in Pittsburgh. Well, actually, I'm going to disagree with you on, okay. on the grasp on the goalies. Okay, because clearly, you know, I'm very. I have been I, very. I got you. Well, I only say that because Michelle Messenger. Yeah. And then now her. It took her a while. She started out. You know. Look at. She had to. There's been no bigger surprise than Grace Sensible mm-hmm. for this year, right? And she's <clears> done. Has <throat> done a fabulous job. Um, then there's an eighth grader, Alden Durserak, right? You I, you've mentioned that. That's gonna that's gonna um, be coming up too. That's gonna push Grace Sensible, um, you know, to get better. Okay. But underneath that. Pittsburgh's got no goalies. 
Ah, okay. Zilch. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's not information Zilch. that I would be privy to. So um, that's you know that's definitely a priority from the Pittsburgh youth and, I got and you. so forth is to start. Getting, is that something you can do as the monster proprietor? Um, we're working on it. Okay, you know, we're working on it to try to find those goalies, but but um, you're going to see a goalie battle for the next three years. Okay, right. But underneath that, you know, Pittsburgh's going to have to let's find see, a goalie. Let's see if you can. Pick off my number one. Guess who my number one is. You know I like to do this. See if you can guess who my number one is. Concordia? Nope. No? Nope. Not even Section 5. Don't know. Section 3. Oh. Paige Crandall. Paige Crandall. From South Jefferson. Okay. I love the way she plays. She is the quintessential example Mm -hmm. of what I want to see in a goalie. She's always active. She doesn't just camp on on uh, on the goal line and just, you know, Tink the crossbars right. and wait for something to happen. She creates mm-hmm. things. She's always got a stick up in the passing lane. She's all, she comes out of the crease and you know how do I say this without getting myself in trouble? She's a big girl. She's you know she's she's yeah. she's stout. She's my goalie for the whole Nishoni United team. But she's fast. Yeah, she she is. Uh, her 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 foot speed belies what you would think when you're looking at her. So Paige Crandall of South Jeff is my number one goalie that I have seen thus far this year, and I don't think you can argue that. I I I mean oh, she, you, you she can, was good. but I mean I'm a little more you know integral in, in seeing the goalies a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there there are two goalies that you know obviously. Um, Jordan Concordia, in my mind, is the best goalie in Section Five. Yeah, um, she is. But there's another. Goalie. I knew I was forgetting one. Yeah, there's a, there's another goalie in Section Five um, that it, that um, Lexi Martel too. I mm-hmm. mean, and Lexi Martel plays for Greece. Um, so and she had a, a girl, a senior that was ahead of her. So so sometimes she had actually had to play the field. But in the last two weekends, right, um, Lexi Martel's stock. Of a goalie has shot through the roof. I remember you talking about that last week. You, you, somebody, right. yes. So, I Con- that, so, so Concordia is going to Syracuse already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Martel stock went through the roof. She's on fire right now. And then I agree with Quinn Tallman. You know, QT. You know, those three goalies in my mind are, are the best goalies around. And I, and I don't want to give. T- I don't know if I'm breaking any rules by talking about this or whatever. She played hurt. She played hurt a lot. Who, Q? Yeah. yeah, she yeah, played absolutely. hurt a lot. Yeah. I'm yeah, not going to get in. She stuff, had some yeah. lower appendage issues, mm-hmm. but that didn't keep her from, from one, wanting to play, and two, playing the way you're supposed to play. She still ran. She still moved. She still cut, moved laterally, and you couldn't tell, really, that she was playing in the kind of pain that she was in. Right. So that is a testament to her as an individual. And I, I know I told you before how much she just loved being a part of that team. And that's a culture that you created. Yeah. So, And I'm proud to say that I, ha- you know, I have um, Jordan Concordia under my wing. I have Lexi Martell under my umbrella. And I, and I have Quinn Tallman. So I am just... I'm I am loaded with goalies mm-hmm. that, that are very good goalies and I couldn't be prouder of them. That's cool. I mean they can they can play. So what's your Fairport Hots top ten or five? You know my mine's a little combination of some comeback players, some in uh, in some plays. Um, okay. Uh, you know I'm gonna start with with number five of just the way the Monster Twenty Six team went down and competed. They're only in fourth grade, right? And they went down this weekend and I think they went three and one. Um, 
but played against the top teams. You know, the, 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 all these teams have already played 30, 40 games, right? Mm-hmm. They play in a different league. So my Monster 26 team um, went down there and they competed. So they're my number five okay. this week. I'm just so proud of them Cool. Um, as well. I got to coach, you know, the 25 team. I got to coach the 23 team. I got to coach the 22 team. I think all teams have work to do, right, in reference to that. But um, I think That's my it, wife. I'm not here. Not right. Um, but I, I just wanted to give a shout-out to the 26 team as my okay. number five. Um, my next one is um, I have three players, right, that are coming back from knee injuries. That um, I got Gianna Kataya, mm-hmm. who's torn ACL. I got Andrew Savage that's coming back from yep. torn ACL, and Kylie Galbert. Okay. Now, these girls are, are – coming back and just starting to play really now, right, for this summer. And all three of them went through the weekend and gave it 100%, all wearing knee braces. And I just – those three really showed, you know, you you get hit with some punches during your life, right? And those three are all – have come back. They've come back from knee injuries, and they're out there playing at the highest level. And I give them – they're my number four this week, those three. I was was calling that game where Savage – Blew the knee out, and mm-hmm. and I felt the importance of what had just happened. I mean, they survived; they went on without her. But I just, you right. could feel it. The air went right out of the place. Right, anyway. and, and and look at the pressure they're under. Like this weekend, you know, Anders committed to Towson. Her Towson coaches were there this weekend watching her. Mm-hmm. Kataya was, is committed to Penn State. Her Penn State coaches were there watching this weekend. And poor Kylie Gelbert, you know, she's got 150 college coaches, you know, watching. You know, evaluating her on her, you know, comeback knee, right? So for her to go out there and get through that pressure and play like she did, just speaks wonders for those kids. Absolutely. Um, my my number three, okay, and 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 I have to give this to, um, you know, one of my coaches is uh, Ryan Madigan. He coached the the twenty twenty three white team, which is um, our less competitive team. In okay. the last two weeks, he's been going through, and he's got that twenty three white team playing to the best of their abilities and 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 he, he's really doing a great job with them because there's always the pressure of I want to play purple I want to play white right purple's the more competitive team and he's got those kids you know believing in themselves now and you know come time for their tour they're going to be really successful out there um so there's my my number three my number three okay um all the college coaches watching this weekend right um with the with the 21 group um I got to give um this week, Caroline Murphy, right, the Murph mm-hmm. dog, right yep. from Mercy. I thought that she really showed her athleticism in between the thirties. Um, probably didn't score a hundred goals. She, you know, she scored some goals, but I thought Caroline Murphy definitely showed a lot of athleticism this weekend that a, a lot of co- college coaches took notice on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's my number two, and then my number one, um, I'm going back to Lexi Martell. Okay, you know, she's my number one player this week by far. Um, Monster is not in that game with Yellow Jackets unless you know Lexi makes ten saves and and she played super well. And let me tell you, the phone was buzzing after those games about Lexi Martel. Mm-hmm. So um, that is my number one out of out of those five. Okay, but now I have the super one. Right, this is off to the side. This is my absolute favorite moment and team of of this weekend um, without a doubt Fairport number one outstanding my 24 team and coach Chamberlain beating M&D Black okay yeah biggest yeah. moment they could have those those little kids deserve that's cool 
um, the world. And, uh, you know, a couple kids were in tears because they've never beat M&D before. That's big time, though, to get you to get thumped 13 Mm -hmm. to nothing, not even get a shot off. And then come back and yeah. play. Now, what I can't remember. Walk it back. What was the time differential between when they got thumped thirteen to nothing and then they won that game? What was the time differential? Three weeks. Oh, so three weeks. Three weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what was the change in those three weeks? Was it was it the monster team? Was it something that uh, the other team didn't do? What What was the difference? I, I think the monster team came, you know, to play, and they they just. Went into it. It was their last game of the weekend. They had nothing okay. to lose. They weren't making the playoffs. They had nothing to lose, and they just went out there and played and had fun and played it at a much higher level. And, and so they're like, you know, they're my MVP of, of this weekend. And, you know, my top five is like my all-tournament team. Mm-hmm. That 24 team and with Coach Chamberlain, they they accomplished something that, you know, the, every single parent was, I don't care that we lost three games this weekend. That was the best thing I've ever seen. I'm Absolutely. so happy for my kids. Excellent. That's so, cool. Um, I want to throw one in there, though. You talked about coming back, comeback yep. players. Now, I don't know if she played in tournaments for you or not. I bet you know where I'm going now. I want to throw one in there. I talked about her the last, I think, last week, couple weeks ago, whatever. She came back from a knee injury for you, Loren Blakesley. She came back and she dumped a lot of goals in the final, in the playoffs and things like that. So I just want to give a nod to her yeah. for, for coming back. Um, I don't know. How much of the season did she miss? She, she missed, missed two-thirds of the season. 75% of the season. Yeah, so she missed a lot of the season, came back, started slow. I likened it to a diesel motor. You know, she started out slow, and then once she got fired up and they were able to get her the ball. Yeah, A lot of times they forced the ball. They tried to force the ball into her too much, and that would result in a turnover or, or no shot or whatever. But uh, I just want to give her a shout-out because she yeah. had like 12 goals in three games. Or, you know a she was my comeback games, so. player of the year for Canada, right? Did I tell you that? No, I didn't. But, oh, so I gave but out, Well, I wasn't at the banquet, so correct. I don't know. You got stiffed on the banquet. Um, so I didn't give out an MVP. I didn't give out a defensive okay. MVP, offensive, nothing like that. Sure. I gave out three awards. Okay. Two of them were Courage Awards, right? Okay. Um, one of them went to Megan French, and the other one went to Marin Wallace. Okay. okay? Two seniors, because they showed up every day at practice and gave it their all, and knowing that playing time would be shy mm-hmm. in the games, right? And then I gave um, the Comeback Player of the Year award. Right. Actually, I gave four awards. Good call. And, and that went to Loren. And Loren deserved it. You know, What she, was the fourth one? The fourth one was my wingman. <coughs> the wingman award. I'm a Top Gun fan. Okay. Right? And you know, the be... key is never, what's the key, the key phrase in Top Gun? Never leave your wingman. Mm-hmm. Right? The wingman award went to Dave Neiman. It has to go to Neiman. <laughs> no question. It has to. Right. Well, as far as the player of the year and all that stuff goes, I, w- I was going to do it, and I put it out there, and I got some blowback. Right. And I said, okay, well, I'm not going to do it then. And then all the people would write up and say, Spazman, when are you going to announce right. the players? And I'm like, all right, Pody's co- Hold on. I'll put it out to the people. I put it out to the people. 80% of the respondents said, Name the podies. Right. So I did for both the boys and the girls. Gotcha. You know, so. Yeah, I, I just I just felt that our team had such a magical year that, that no one, one person or two people should, you know. So, I you know, the what drove us, you know, everyone jumped in and filled the, the, the spots for Loren while she was out, right? Agreed. And she came back. And, I know. And did her job and, and did great. And like I said, um, Megan French and, and Marin Wallace, they were there every single day. They mm-hmm. got better every single day. Um, and their attitudes couldn't have been better. So. I was very, that's a courage award to go out there every single day and practice, knowing that you, that, that it's going to be shy playing time, and you're a senior. Yeah, and you come out every day and make everyone better. That's that's my award. So. I 
Very nice. All right. Awesome. All right. Well, we are done for this week. And um, thank you for everyone um, for tuning in to the Rockstars Girls Lax podcast. We are going to start a GoFundMe, right, Spaz? Um, for, uh, we want a shot clock for every high school in America. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't it be great if we raised $13.5 million and, and got everyone a shot clock? That put We'd be right heroes. Too. That put her on the spot, too, man. <laughs> and I'm like, I told her I wouldn't put her on the spot. Right. We would be heroes. <laughs> and Ronnie does it a couple times, man. All right. Now that I got Gotcha. Right. <laughs> we would. We would be heroes. Yeah. So thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you guys next Monday at noon. And um, be safe. Have a great week. Rockstarsglex at gmail.com. Yeah, you got us, man. We get questions. We'll open the mailbag. Email us. Right on. Rockstars. Rockstars Girls Lacrosse. Rockstars Girls Lacrosse. The Rockstars Girls Lacrosse Show with hosts Ronnie Davis and Craig Spazman Simmons.